Hey everybody, this is Matilda Egeru Cooper and you're listening to Finesse Your Wellness, the podcast that explores what it means to thrive and live well. On today's episode, I had a lovely catch up with my girl, Benjamina Eboehi, aka Benji. She was a quarter finalist on the Great British Bake Off in 2016, impressing judges with her modern, creative flavors. And since then, she's gone on to work as a food stylist and food writer, developing recipes for a range of brands, including Waitrose and BBC Good Food. Plus, she writes a regular baking column for The Guardian's Feast magazine. Her first cookbook, The New Way to Cake, was published in 2019, and then she published her second cookbook, A Good Day to Bake, in March 2022. Both cookbooks are filled with simple but flavor-forward recipes that both beginner and more experienced bakers will love. I really wanted to chat with Benji because we have shared many miles together as she's been a part of Fly Girl Collective since 2019. And in that time, she's actually given me a whole new perspective on food. Because if I'm going to be honest, 99% of the time, I think about food from a health and nutrition aspect, or at least I'm trying to, I'm not going to lie, I'm not perfect. (laughs) But truth of the matter is there's so much more to food than sustenance. It can bring people together. It communicates how we feel about one another. Like I know my mother loves me because of the care and consideration she takes in feeding me whenever I visit her. Thank you, mom. Love you loads. (laughs) We also know that The art and craft of making and preparing food can be a moment to disconnect, express yourself, and it can even be an act of self-love. So in this episode, you'll find out how Benji got into food, and believe it or not, it wasn't actually her first career choice. You're also going to learn a bit more about her fitness and wellness journey, and how thinking a little bit deeper about food can make all the difference to our well-being. I guess to kick off this chat, I'm quite curious to know, how did you get into food? You know, we all eat it. We all love it. I love it a lot. I know you do too. But what was the point in your life that you actually thought, I want to make a career out of this? Mm, That's a very good question. And a lot of people that I know who are in food, definitely a lot of us stumbled into it in some way or another. But yeah, food has always been yeah, just a massive love of mine. Just, I guess, cooking, eating, watching it, just exploring it has been something that I've loved for a really long time. But I think when I was younger, I definitely didn't want a Korean food. That's for sure. I I wanted like a career like in the city, that kind of thing. And really? Food, yeah. And food was yeah, always like good. finance. <laughs> yeah, I was going to be like finance. You know, I did economics at uni, so that was the plan. That was wow. the initial plan. Um, and food was always just going to be like a hobby, something on the side, something I do on the weekends. You know, bake cake for friends' birthdays, that sort of thing. And part of that was because I just always thought that the only career in food was working in a restaurant, like as a chef. Sure. And I was like, they don't get paid enough. That's stressful. (laughs) The hours are crazy. I'm not trying to do that. And so I just kind of left it there. And so I guess it wasn't until Bake Off and then post Bake Off life that I, it kind of clicked. And I just thought I could maybe I could do this like all the time. I loved it so much. Um, And it really exposed me to so many different careers within food. I didn't have to work in a restaurant to be within food. And I think that's when I started exploring and thinking, this is something I could do full time. Let me just give it a go and see what happens. That is so interesting because how old were you when you went on to Bake Off? 
I was. We filmed it when I was 22, and then it okay, came, when it came so out, I was young. 23. Yeah, like fresh out of uni, fresh yeah. graduate. <laughs> That's so interesting because for some reason, I, w- I think I was working at Time Out when Bake Off was on because everybody was going on about Selassie. Like everyone in the office had a crush on Selassie. <laughs> and I was thinking like, yeah, I... <laughs> But I'm back in Benji. He's a cool dude. Yeah, but That's you know. my girl. That's my <laughs> number one pick. So I think I just assume that people who go on to Bake Off, even though, yes, most people I think are hobbyists, they were already sort of on that course to pursuing a, a, a career in food. So actually now doing the math, if you mm-hmm. just come out of uni, I suppose that was a really critical time as far as making career choices for sure for sure you graduate and you just have no idea what you want to do by the time I had graduated I actually knew that the city life was not for me um and so then thought about going into teaching and being a maths teacher so that was kind of where my mind was and I thought you know after Bake Off yeah I'll go back to the schools I do my PGC this was just a fun thing to do you know fun opportunity yeah and I've I've never gone back to the schools (laughs) So really, was the TV show just that springboard or were there a few steps that you took after you finished the show? I mean, that was definitely a huge, huge springboard just in kind of exploring what was out there. And initially, I sort of gave myself a year. Um, I was like, just see what happens in this year straight afterwards. You might not even like doing this full time, whatever this is. Um, And if you're just not loving it or it's not working out, you can go back to teaching. And so in that year, it was just a lot of trying trying everything, trying different things. So things that were more kind of camera facing, things that were more behind the scenes, sort of like food festivals and writing and lots of random things along the way. Just so many opportunities get thrown at you. But I think after a few months, I kind of realized I preferred more the behind the scenes stuff. So the writing recipes and developing that stuff and the food styling. I prefer the focus being on the food rather than, oh, look at me and just follow me because I went on Bake Off I really wanted sure yeah I really wanted like my own style of food to kind of be at the at the forefront of what I was doing yeah and with that in mind kind of food being front and center what does food immediately mean to you what does it represent Mm. oh so many things I think comfort is is a big one like we talk about comfort food a lot and just the way that food can make you feel can make you feel safe can just just evoke so many memories and some of my like most treasured memories or things that I just remember fondly I always remember what I ate I always remember what I was right. eating and they all they all they center around food and it's just I think food is just so unique in that it has the power to do that you you remember what you're eating at such like pivotal times you can have like a, a dish and it just reminds you of someone or something yeah, so food is is really comforting on on so so many levels. Yeah, I mean, what is your fondest memory of food? It's really hard to pick one, honestly. I think in different seasons, different things kind of come to mind more. So I think one of my fondest memories at the moment that's at the forefront of my mind is, I think, like me and my sister, we used to have like our friends around for dinner parties like years and years ago. We still do it now. Um, but some of the early ones we did were we would just get lots of different friends around and just cook what I would just always do too much. (laughs) Always, always doing the most, but just like being around the table and literally just laughing into the early hours and everyone just eating and being around the table. 
right now, I think that's something that's I remember quite fondly. Yeah, I love that so much. I think for me, food, or at least when I think about comfort food, I immediately go back to just growing up in the U.S. Mm. And it's interesting because my brother, he is for some reason on this rampage to teach my nephew about all the comfort food we ate as kids in the hopes that he will fall in love with it, but also not realizing that, yo, nephew ain't you. He's he's not. Past. <laughs> so, you know, the other day he tried to introduce him to KFC, chicken Ooh, on the bone. Okay. You know, my nephew's having none of it. He's like, nah, there's a bone in this. I want the nuggets. <laughs> not feeling it. And then I think even today, my brother took him to Taco Bell and Ooh. Harper's like, mm mm, <laughs> this is not me. <laughs> I don't want this. <laughs> my brother's like, I'm just trying to help you capture, you know, the memories of our youth. And I was like, well, it means something to us because, you know, that was how mm-hmm. we built our relationship and how we bonded over certain moments. Mm-hmm. And it will be different for Harper. Yeah, he was, he's going to have his own his own food. Exactly that. Exactly that. I think the other thing I wanted to explore was the way that food can also define relationships. So as you mentioned, you know, you had these get togethers with your homegirl over food. And I came across this really funny story about a couple who are now getting married, but their first date was in a Popeye's car park. Oh, I think I read that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And their, I suppose, first meal was KFC because the line at Popeye's was too long. And my takeaway was like, that says a lot. (laughs) That story was was loaded. Loaded. (laughs) The choice of A lot of questions. The setup. (laughs) Everything was questionable. Very. (laughs) And so... I wanted to look at how food defines relationships and this awesome venture that you and your sister started with the sister table. You know, could you maybe explain what was the kind of intention behind that? Mm. Oh, sister table. That was such a fun time. So they were essentially brunch. Club. I love how you're talking about it in the past tense because I... I'm still hoping there will be another one. Matilda, I don't know. I don't know about that. Oh. <laughs> For now, for now, it's in the past tense. Well, who knows? Who knows? But there were essentially um, brunch clubs that me and my sister started. And it was pretty much off the back of the dinner parties that we would do for friends. And we just thought this would just be so cool on a bigger scale where you just get lots of different really cool women coming together. Like it's we didn't want it to like label it as a networking event. It wasn't that it was more about the food and sitting at the table together, getting to know new people um in just a really cool space and yeah we did quite a few events we met so many cool women who would just come a lot of them on their own which I loved um and would just come and eat together and chat and chill and it was just yeah the best best vibes so and what kind of feedback did you get from women who attended particularly those who came by themselves they really just loved the the chilled, like kind of laid back nature of it. I think, you know, a lot of us have been to kind of networking events where it's just, it can be very intense. You want to meet new people, especially in London, um, but it can be hard to do that in a laid back, genuine way. And some of the women who came, like have made friends from when they, you know, came to a brunch and are still 
friends and doing stuff now. And that just blows my mind. I'm like, wow, you guys actually made like real friendships. And so, yeah, they loved the, just the energy of the space and yeah, just being able to eat good food and meet some really cool women was just, yeah, the best afternoons. I love them. Oh, amazing. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because with Fly Girl and that evolving, mm-hmm. I'm definitely exploring some kind of brunch club concept, even just to bring together, you know, some of the old members to say, look, let's just kiki. I'll find a restaurant. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I, I will be hey. there. <laughs> I will be there. Because there is something really beautiful about, you know, communing over food and, and talking about all sorts. Mm. So let's just hop on to the topic of your book, your latest one, A Good Day to Bake. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the subtitle, which is Simple Baking Recipes for Every Mood. How did you land on that concept? Mm. Mm, this that's a good one I think so this book was mostly written in over the many lockdowns we had and so yeah a lot of the recipes do reflect a time where a lot of people were looking for something to do they were taking up baking for the first time or you know picking it up after a long time away and I just I wanted to kind of put together recipes that you didn't need an occasion for because at the time there was there was nowhere to go you know um everyone was at home and so recipes that you could just make no matter how you felt you didn't need like a birthday or a party or an excuse to bake which I think traditionally people think of baking as right I'm going to do something for a birthday or for a wedding or for a very specific occasion but I wanted to kind of just show that you, every day is a good day to bake. It's in the title and um, yeah, recipes for every mood. So when, you know, it's just a Monday and you come home from work, but you're just craving that something sweet, you know, there's recipes there for that. There's recipes where you've get, maybe got a bit more time on the weekend and you're, you know, it's chucking it down with rain outside and you want something really cosy. There are things there for that. So just the, just those kind of more mundane moments in life. Yeah, there's a recipe for all of those moments. And do you have like a go-to recipe? Oh, there's a couple that I have definitely made a lot more than others. And it's probably, I think the everyday loaf, which I love. It's so simple. Um, It's like a one bowl cake. So you don't need any fancy equipment, just a bowl and a spoon and something to bake it in. And it's it's really quick, but it is that cake that you just can make any day of the week. And it just kind of fills that gap of, oh, I need cake and I need it now. Um, and it's so simple and it's really easy to kind of like remix and throw different bits in. So I really like that one. That's definitely one that I make the most. Love that. And I think that's something that I need. Like I, I'll be honest with you, when it comes to baking, I'm a little bit intimidated, as intimidated as I was when I stepped into this studio and <laughs> wasn't quite too <laughs> sure what to do. I always think like baking is this science that requires me to kind of know my E equals MC squared and all sorts of equations because for whatever reason, every time I bake something, it's either like a little bit burned or sunken. And I'm like, is it my oven? I'm convinced it's just me and maybe the energy that I'm (laughs) evoking into the food beforehand. I mean, I'm sure there's other kind of bakerphobes like me. Although I do try and with your first book, I baked quite a bit yeah you've made a lot I did and you know I'll just kind of like the crusty bits I'll just like chop off (laughs) 
which is totally fine. Uh, but no, you're right. There are there are a lot of people who say exactly the same thing. And I think we are kind of fed this, you know, cooking is free and flowing, but baking is, is science, it's technical, it's really strict. And to some extent it is. There are rules that you do have to follow, you know, to ensure that something works. But um, there is still so much flexibility in baking and a lot of it comes with practice, I think, compared to cooking. With baking, you just, you do have to put in, a few more tries just to understand why something is is doing what it is Mm -hmm. but once you once you get that done once you've done it a few times and the first time was a bit burnt the second time you kind of adjust by the third time you're going to have it done so I think baking is is practice and it's not getting too worked up when it doesn't work out I think because you even I still make mistakes I still mess things up and burn stuff but each time you do it you kind of yeah, you learn from the mistakes, as corny as it sounds, but um, it's it's also the process as well, kind of the process to get there sometimes is just as, if not more enjoyable than the end result sometimes. Yeah, that's a really good way of looking at it. The other thing I noticed in your book, which I thought, yeah, this is really speaking to me, is you wanted to use it to kind of help us to remember to hold on to those moments of pause and, you know, those moments every day where we could kind of do with a bit more slowing down, which sounds very much directed for us city folks who are always on the go. Always, always on the go. Oh, goodness me. Yeah, I think, yeah, again, writing this in lockdown and just really enjoying those slow days, those slow weeks where, you know, you just had so much more time on your hands and people really loved having all that extra time and just really slowing down and, yeah, I think baking is is such a good tool for that. And I think I wanted recipes to remind us of that too. To just just take that time out for yourself to to bake and to cook. And again, focusing on the processes can really help you do that. Mm-hmm. On the, the stirring, on the weighing out, like just being present in each step of the recipe. I always find really soothing. Mm, just, it yeah, sounds like just, mindfulness. Yeah, it does. And I didn't want to put that name on it because I think when people hear that, they think, oh, meditation, all that woo-woo yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially it is. It's just, it's, yeah, pausing in each step and just appreciating what you are doing. And sometimes it's, you know, the repetitive task. So like if you're making bread, that repetitive needing action is such a good time just to like clear your mind and just forget about the business of the day and just literally focus on what your hands are doing. Or if you're making a cake and just that stirring and, you know, cleaning the bowl of the batter and pouring it into the tin, those really small moments, I love to just like sit in those sometimes and just woosah, just breathe and just appreciate those moments. That's such a beautiful picture to paint. The other thing I wanted to touch on, kind of beyond I suppose the act of baking is how does it fit within I suppose a kind of fitness-based lifestyle because the other slight insecurity I have with baking is is there such a thing as healthy baking is there (laughs) a diet cake that one can make (laughs) because I love cake so much but I'm also at that age and stage in my life where it's like girl (laughs) you've now hit a peak as to how much you can engage in oh I hear you balance is key but balance is hard oh my goodness you know there are definitely there are low sugar cakes there are low sugar recipes there are kind of you know recipes that use less sugar and less fat 
Personally, I don't make those recipes, um, <laughs> <laughs> but they are out there. Um, and, you know, I, I get it. I understand why people would want that sometimes. But I think for me, I think the, the baking, when I'm not baking for work and it's just for myself, the butter tastes good. The butter tastes good and it's it's comforting. And, you know, you, you're making a cake, but you're not going to eat the whole cake. Sure. That's the, Unless you, know. you live alone, <laughs> like me. <Yeah. laughs> and I want to so, eat all of it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess baking when, when you know you can kind of share it with others or give some of it out. But also things like bread is a good one. You can bake your bread for the week. True. And that's that's baking. It doesn't always have to be sweet, and you can kind of limit the the amount of times you do like sweet baking. And I'd I'd prefer people do that rather than go for the low sugar, low fat, low everything. That's just not going to taste as enjoyable. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just yeah, make make sweet stuff a little bit less and give it out. Nice. So I guess I now want to dig a little bit into your your lifestyle, your fitness lifestyle, because. I came to really know you when you joined, I think, season one of mm. Fly Girl Collective. Um, so for those who are listening, for the last few years, I've run these membership seasons where a selection of women train for an endurance event. So I think for season one, you trained for a half marathon? Oh, no, gosh, 10K. Hey. I would not have joined if it was <laughs> a half. <laughs> Whoops, skirt. <laughs> um, Definitely 10K. 10K. But it was the first time you had done the distance. And if I'm correct, was it on your birthday? Yes, it was on my birthday. Gosh, that's crazy times. Crazy. <laughs> crazy, crazy times. Yeah, joining Fly Girl, honestly, it was partly because I knew, you know, I'm baking a lot. I'm baking for work. I'm cooking for work. I'm eating out a lot. Um, and then baking just for myself for fun. And just I needed the balance. I really mm -hmm. needed the balance. And, you know, I've I've enjoyed I've always enjoyed exercise or like sports like at uni. I did a lot of sport, but just that post uni coming home you know, being back at home and just being all over the place. And then after Bake Off, like my exercise just went in the absolute bin. I bet, yeah. It was absolutely nothing. Um, and just more than kind of, I guess, like, oh, I want to do this to lose weight. It was just wanting to feel good. Because you, you know when you don't feel good in yourself and you just feel a bit eh and a bit just groggy. And so I was, yeah, looking for a way to to move my body, to keep fit, but in a way that I would enjoy and I think for me, doing it with others was always going to be the best way for me. I think doing it by myself, like just, you know, heading to the gym, I would have never kind of kept it up on my own. So joining Fly Girl was definitely, yeah, OK, let's do this with some other people, some other black girls. So I knew it was going to be good vibes. And yeah, did the first 10K and literally came back every season since. It's been a very fun journey. And now I can actually say that I do like running. This which... is the thing I love about you because <laughs> every season, and I'm not going to name names, <laughs> I'm not going to be that teacher. When it came to looking at the Strava, I mean, you were definitely one of the most consistent people. Oh, I was, I was trying. <laughs> and because I was, you were following the training plan. Yeah, I was, I, it was, it genuinely became something that I enjoyed doing. I was like, I actually like this. This is mad. Cause I always said that I hated running, like passionately hated it. And then, yeah, I was just so surprised. I was like, this is actually quite fun just to have that time just out 
running yeah so being at being part of fly girl has been a massive massive help yeah and in you've done a couple of halves now yes which is again madness like half marathons who would have thought it who would have thought it but yeah being part of fly girl has definitely helped me to to achieve those goals and do you think you'd ever do a marathon so lassie has hmm. <laughs> he has I don't know how I don't know how they did that you know a mar- right now a marathon is not appealing wow what it's what is it that's appealing. putting you off it's just I did the half and can I say I enjoyed the half <laughs> I is that's where I'm at like running like when I was actually running I was like, why am I doing this? This is way too long. Okay. I like I like a t- I like a 10k because I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be over soon. Yeah. But the marathon just feels like endless. It feels endless. And the training just looks intense yeah. and brutal. That's what puts me off. I think it's the training. It's I mean, it's not brutal per se. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks brutal. It's, it's more it's time consuming. That's what I would say. Cause I think because okay. I don't know if you know this, but I'm doing London Marathon. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I got of course place. you are, of course. <laughs> I was like, you know what, let's, let's go. And so my challenge at the moment is just finding the time to fit in, to do the training runs. But I think it's just more that time because like once you start getting to the longer distances bef- mm. beyond a half marathon, mm. you're now spending half a day. <laughs> <laughs> running <laughs> running <laughs> pausing taking a drink chilling reflecting yeah, on your life and then come back stretch shower all of that all your whole of day gone that's my slight niggle with marathons I was like if there's a way that I could just be faster that <laughs> 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 it would just it's you know because it's quite um an achievement to do one and I definitely feel like everyone no matter where they are on their running or fitness journey should do a marathon at least once just once in your life i i hear that i hear that i don't think i'm there now cool 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 cool. like i I keep asking you every year (laughs) basically you get no keep asking me keep asking me one of the years i'm gonna just say yes and just say do you know what let's just do it get down do the training (laughs) and so what have you learned about yourself doing various race events incorporating it into your life and I suppose it now being a part of your lifestyle like what have you kind of come to the conclusion about I think a few things what comes to mind first I think it's just not putting I guess limits on yourself or labels on yourself because I was just so adamant I was someone like I don't like running full stop like I I hate it it's not for me I'm not going to do half marathon um there's no way I could ever do it but you know each season of fly girl you just you, you know, you turn up in the beginning, you're like, oh, I'm so nervous about the race. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I've just learned not to not to put those kind of words on myself or limits on, on myself. That's good. And just, yeah, put in the work, do it in community and, and you can do it. And I've showed myself that I can do it every single season. Yeah. So it's, it it's well. possible. Yeah, it's possible. So I've definitely learned to not put, you know, not speak those limits over myself so passionately. <laughs> And where are we about swimming? Because <laughs> that was the last kind of seed that I put out to the crew and people were just looking mm-hmm. back at me blankly. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> the seed, do you know, the seed is sown and the seed, it just needs a little bit of watering okay. and a little bit of, you know, yeast. I just, I need to do it. I know I need to learn how to swim and just get on with it. 
But I think now the excuse I'm using is just, I don't have time. I don't have time. My hair, oh, chlorine, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm telling myself. Like, oh, I don't have time. And also my hair. I know. It's, it's a tricky one. But I want to. Deep down, I really, really want to. I mean, you, you'd you be epic as, you know, with all the other fly girls and any other woman out there who doesn't yet know how to swim. There's actually, I'm doing a swimming episode, so... Whether it um, yeah goes out before or after this one, there's a whole story about swimming and me doing the triathlon. But that's a story for another day. Oh gosh, yeah, I need I need to hear that story. Yeah, mm. it's gonna be a good one. <laughs> so just to kind of land the plane, I guess what are the next steps for you as far as your food career, your kind of personal journey with food? You know, where are you kind of wanting to see yourself in the next? You know five years or just in the future mm. I think within food I mean I love baking I love sharing recipes I love seeing people actually make what I've created and enjoy it I, I just love that feeling so I mean definitely want to do more cookbooks as stressful as a process is the end result is is so worth it so I'd love to write some more books and just, yeah, get more people baking who have told themselves, oh, I can't bake. Oh, it's just not for me. It's too hard. Just to get to a place where it's something that you can do every now and again. And yeah, it's time for yourself that you've just taken out to be a little bit creative and to, yeah, to make to make something and eat it and enjoy it and share it with people. So yeah, more books, more recipes and just, yeah, have fun on the way. Hey, girl. It's been a pleasure as always chatting to you and catching up with you. Mm, if you so folks kind of want to find out more about what you're up to, where can they go? Where can you direct them to? So I am mainly on Instagram. So at Baked by Benji, you can find me on the gram. And my website, benjaminaatboyhe.com, will link you to like some recipes on my website and stuff like that. And I've got regular recipes in the guardian if you are a guardian reader there are recipes every other week in there yeah amazing thank you girl thanks so much matilda this was definitely one of the first episodes that left me feeling a bit peckish (laughs) but it also really really inspired me I actually have both of Benji's cookbooks and I'm not saying this because I know her but they really frame baking as something that's not nearly as stressful as it seems or at least for me but it can actually be the sort of habit that has a positive impact on our mental health so here are my top three takeaways number one Food really matters, not just eating it, but the relationship we have with it. Now, I've kind of learned over the years that just being more self-aware about what we eat and how we eat can actually make food a much more positive experience in our lives because there have been times where I have approached food from a negative place, whether that's to comfort eats, to kind of mask negative feelings. And so I think it's also recognizing that when it comes to food, we should be using it as a good thing for ourselves. Takeaway number two, find moments to spread love with food. 
for me this is about having those brunches with the homegirls and I really love to make it a whole thing from the outfit to the choice of the restaurant to the menu to the prosecco <laughs> like, like you know food really does build connection and community and finally takeaway number three appreciate the process there really is a science and an art to cooking but in both cases, it forces you to slow down and focus. And I think that can be a beautiful thing to experience as often as we can. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Finesse Wellness, brought to you by Fly Girl Collective, a space for black women and women of color who want to level up their wellness and lifestyle. You can follow Fly Girl Collective on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or sign up to our mailing list at flygirlcollective.co for lovely tips, goodies, and invites delivered straight to your inbox. Also, if you love what you heard, rate and review us on iTunes. And if you are kind enough to give us five stars, which I hope you are, <laughs> we'll give you a shout out. Thanks again for listening. Catch you on the next episode. <laughs>